Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show this week. If it's your first time tuning in, thanks so much for joining me. If you're a return listener, you rock, and I thank you for coming back to the show. And this week, we have a very wonderful interview. I had Miss Trisha Bell here on the show this week, and we went from everything from artist management to tour production and management to the hashtag CHH sexism. We cover a lot of stuff in this interview, so don't miss a second of it. Very informative. And I want to thank Trisha ahead of time before the interview for doing the interview. And, um, so make sure you stay tuned into the whole entire thing. I also want to thank Mr. Aaron Simpkins at TrueStrengthApparel.com. Make sure you check him out. He is a patron for the show. Uh, for all your clothing needs, TrueStrengthApparel.com. And hit him up on uh, Facebook and Instagram at TrueStrengthApparel and congratulate him on his new baby. So Miss uh, Mackenzie Grace, welcome to the world. And your daddy rocks because he supports the show. If you want to become a supporter for the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash business with Bordeaux or head over to business with Bordeaux.com and find out more how you can support the show there. So anyway, without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into the interview with Miss Trisha Bell. Alrighty, welcome back to another interview here on the business with Bordeaux podcast. I am joined today with uh, a lady who has worn a bunch of hats from artist manager to uh, producer of two tours. She's managed a tour. She's uh, been a project management manager of five different albums, including from Stephen the Levite, Doxa, and Zeta Blacksmith. I have with me Miss Trisha Bell. How's it going? It's going good. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I'm glad to have you here on the show. And... Um, and I think it is an appropriate time. Uh, if anybody who's listening to this, probably in the CHH world, has seen uh, a very trending hashtag. And so I do want to get your thoughts on that uh, mm-hmm, at some mm-hmm. point here on the show because I think it's appropriate. But um, but before we jump into all of that and I uh, just break down the difference in the artisan and all that stuff, uh, I would love for people just to get to know you a little bit, uh, just a little bit more about Trisha Bell and how you got into doing these different areas of music. Sure, yeah. So I, since I was little, I always loved um, to dance and, you know, act and sing and all those things. And um, when I graduated from college, well, I was a theater major in college. Um, and so it kind of started there. I was acting um, I also started dancing um, full time when I was in college. And so um, but I've always had a love for music. You know, like music has always been kind of like my foundation. Um, growing up, my dad, he's, you know, always playing, you know, a, a lot of R&B music, a lot of soulful, you know, type music. But he also did play hip hop. Um, and my brother actually got me into hip hop and just loving it. And so from there, um you know, after I graduated from college, I really wanted to get myself. I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I really wanted to act, but God had other plans. <laughs> um, I I wanted to always move to New York and, you know, get into the theater business and all of that. But um, I ended up meeting my husband, who uh, who also happened to be a rapper. And so um, when we were dating, you know, I would notice that there were some things that he would do or, you know, like when, when, when it came to um, him getting gigs and stuff like that, I would question like, what are, you know, are you getting money? Are you getting paid? For this? <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, you know, in the, in the community, the community that we were in, um, a lot of the artists just weren't really trying to get money from it. And of course <laughs> I think <clears throat> it was kind of a, Maybe a legalism issue. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that being an issue. You know, charging people to. Yeah. Mhm. And you and you still kind of currently hear that even in today's time. You, you hear people <coughs> saying that artists shouldn't charge to do shows and things like that. So yeah, I you know definitely back before now where artists do make a living doing it. I could see that 
being a concern. So right, 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 right. Yeah, I would I would challenge my husband and all of our artist friends, and you know, kind of question like, well, why why are you putting in all of this work but not not you know seeing anything in return? Like, I understand that this is for God's glory, absolutely. And you know, making money is not the the goal, but you know, I think it's something to consider. Um, and then when our pa- well, Pastor Mason was my pastor at the time from Epiphany Fellowship, he started saying it and challenging them. And then it was like, oh, OK, now I <laughs> they got pastor's approval. So it's good now. <laughs> right. right. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, there were like I said, there were we had a lot of other artist friends there, um, you know, Rappers that I'm sure everybody knows um, in the Christian hip hop world, like Shylin, Trip Lee, and some other people, and um, we had some other people who weren't as known, but were very talented. And so I would see that their stage presence was kind of crazy, and you know all of these things that I felt like, man, I could help you with because of my own theater background and you know being on stage a lot. Um, I was very like you know critical about those things because of my background. So um, I started. I just kind of inserted myself into my husband's like business life as it relates to music. And he just was like, you know, I do need help. So help me. And then um, I officially became his manager and some other artists was seeing that I was managing him and asked me to manage them as well. And so that's how I I got into um, artist management in, you know, in the CHH world. So, what is the, you know, what are kind of the roles that are embodied in the, the position of an artist manager? Because, you know, we kind of hear about it some, and I know I've heard, uh, you know, like you get the famous managers like Paul Rosenberg for Eminem, but, you know, right. I think he also serves as like a lawyer and a whole bunch of other stuff. So mm-hmm. on a basic manager level, what is a, a, a management for artists? Uh, what's their role or their responsibility? So basically, you as an artist manager are to ensure that your artist gets like it becomes profitable, like they get jobs, they get, you know, um, deals and things like that. So if it for an artist like, you know, a Stephen the Levite, that's, you know, getting him booked as much as possible and making sure that, um, you know, his look is together like you're you're responsible for their brand as well you know how um how they're coming off to their to their audience and you know what they're communicating to their audience like all of those things matter um and so yeah so i mean it's so much more (laughs) so much more than we're responsible for but you know those are the 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 basic um the basic things so you know if you so like booking gigs stuff like that Making sure, making sure that they get gigs booked. I know some artist managers they don't do that because they're they have a booking manager um, in place. But we didn't have that luxury, so I was doing all of it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And yeah, if somebody needs yeah. a feature, does a manager kind of weed out the good and the bad yeah. and the possibilities? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Is that a I'm, tough job? I'm, oh, for sure, for sure. I was the I was the middleman. I was the, the go-to person. So, you know, my husband didn't have to deal with the business side of things, you know, especially like if he had a show, I'm going to the show. I'm making sure the mic is right. I'm making sure, you know, uh, uh, the sound, like all of that, the sound, the stage, you know, what is he looking like? What is he wearing? You know, all everything. <laughs> the so whole... essentially your, your artist is a product and you're responsible Absolutely. for making sure the store and everything involved in the the financial aspect. Every, so you're in charge of the store, and the artist yes. is pretty much the product that's being sold. Absolutely, absolutely. See, and I, I don't we, get paid. <laughs> go ahead. I, I'm just gonna say, I, if he doesn't get paid, then I don't get paid. Right. You right. see what I'm saying? So of course, we. I want to make sure that product is so on point that we're both profiting. You know. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And when you break it, you know, when I was thinking about that. I think, you know, there's a lot more to being an, an artist manager than probably what I thought before. Mm. Um, so, you know, because I think most people might think it's just like maybe a publicist or just yeah. somebody who, you know, might book shows. But when you break it down like that, like worried about the branding and everything. Yeah. That's a lot of work. That's a lot it's of work. It's a lot. 
It's a lot. It, it was a lot. <laughs> now, uh, how, how'd you get into, you know, first of all, I want to know, uh, what's the difference between producing and managing a tour? How did you get involved in, in that? So initially, um, before I became an artist manager, I was doing events for um, some artists, specifically my husband um, and my brother. His name is Octavius Newman. He was the uh, he's the owner of Bear Fruit, um, and Bear Fruit is a lifestyle brand that came out back in I want to say 2000. I could be getting this wrong, but it was like 2010 or 11, one of those. And at the time, he had just come out with an album, was a compilation album with a bunch of artists on there. Um, Andy Minio was one of them. Back then, he was um, what was his name? Sea Light. Sea Light. Yes. Sea Light. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so he wanted to do a concert. And so I did. I, that was my first event um, that I did under my my business name at the time was Artso. And um, yeah. And so when we did that event, you know, other people were seeing like, oh, you know, maybe we should get her to, to plan other events. So I, I did um, a few concerts for my husband and, you know, I just felt like this was something that I really enjoyed doing. And um, I eventually had an idea to do a tour with my husband because, of course, he's my artist and I want to see him shine. He had never been on tour before. And I'm like, you know, what? who do you think you would like to be on tour with? And so he told me some of the names and most of the names were Humble Beast artists. And so through that conversation, we came up with the idea of the Beast Mode Tour. And so we presented the idea to um, Odd Thomas and Brian, um, uh, who are the owners of Humble Beast Records. And from there, we pretty much had a tour popping. And um, that was my first tour that I produced. And um, it was a lot of work. It was very, um, you know... When you when you do something for the first time, of course, you, there's a lot of uh, learning you have to do, and there's a lot of you know, um, I, I can't think of the word right now, but it's just, it was just yeah, definitely many <laughs> learning curves. It was so many learning curves, and um, but it, it turned out it turned out well in the end, and I'm thankful that you know we had that opportunity. So so it was, was this was it like select cities or was it nationwide? How, how big of a tour was it? Yeah, with select cities um, in the U.S. And, and I, I want to say it was like a seven or it was like seven to ten cities. I, I can't even remember. I know it was quite a bit. And, um, you know, that was it was just interesting how all of that worked, like the logistics behind, you know, making sure that, you know, things were in place in each city. I didn't do all of the booking. Um, Humble Beast did most of the booking because they were very experienced in that they had already done tours, you know, and so that was actually a help, you know, for them to be able to, you know, to do that um, for us. But yeah, it was, I was behind the scenes doing, making sure that, again, just like that, the brand of the tour was on point. I, you know, I chose the the artist to, you know, do the, well, he was actually a part of Lamp Mode and we worked together to make sure that the, the branding of everything looked was on point and on par with the why behind the tour. Cause it was really kind of a unity thing. And, and I really wanted to show, cause at the time CHH was going through that, you know, an issue where there wasn't a lot of unity going on and it was a lot of, um, you know, just drama and stuff like that. And I, I really felt like two labels, two major labels, labels and CHH coming together, doing a tour would really communicate, you know, a, a biblical, like, this is a, a biblical principle where to be unified with one another. And so that was, that was what I wanted. And the way that he did um, the branding personified that. And so, you know, just all of that stuff, that's what I was doing. I was doing, making sure that my, I had a publicist, we were working hard together to, to make sure there was meet and greets at each stop. And, you know, it was just, it was a lot, <laughs> it was a lot, but it was good. It was good. It was, you know, like I said, a lot of learning curves, but, so, so does the publicist, uh, do they plan the meet and greets? Yes, she she did that. She did the, the meet and greets and the interviews. She set all of that up. Um, and she did a lot of the, so 
say there was like an idea that we wanted to do, we wanted to market um, a contest for, you know, for each stop. And so she would basically just put it out there. Um, you know, we would give her the ideas that we had and then it would just, you know, she would put it out there and market it to certain different outlets and, you know, contact people to, to interview them, you know, stuff like that. So they have a lot to do as well. And gotcha. then for us, you know, it was us overseeing that process. Gotcha. So producing the tour is pretty much creating it, the idea and all that stuff. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then- what would you say the the difference in managing a tour is managing a tour would, would be someone who's so a tour manager normally goes on tour with the artist okay. and they make sure that again, all the logistics are in place for each stop. Um, they're, they're working closely with the promoter, making sure that, you know, we have all we need backstage. We have all we need, all the mics are in place, all the thing, you know, that's what the tour manager is normally set up to do. And they pretty much do everything that the artist doesn't have to do. You understand? So it's like, I'm set, I'm making sure that everything is in place so that once you get out on the stage, that's all you need to worry about. You don't have to worry about anything else. Um, and so, but at, for this tour, I couldn't travel with them. So, um, I was pretty much doing everything from home and which was really difficult. You know, I had to buy tickets. I had to, um, you know, make sure, just making sure that the, the contracts were together, you know, all of those things had to be in place and it was all kind of on me. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, that, and, and, you know, it's, it's also, it also can be overwhelming when you don't have a, a big team, you know, when you, when you have a big budget and for mainstream artists, you know, they're able to have more than just one or two people, you know, but for me, it was like, <laughs> it's just me and my partner at the time. Um, so, you know, it was challenging, but it was so rewarding. I feel like at the end. Gotcha. Now, you know, talking about paying artists and stuff like that and having the budget to bring other artists on on board, how do you get into, like, knowing where you can, you know, book certain tours, how you know the audience will be there, and and how do you manage the the finances behind that? Because, you know, obviously, having the money to, to house somebody, to feed them and all that stuff, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. it takes, takes revenue, and for people that don't have a huge financial backing behind them is hard. Absolutely. What are some of those, uh, you know, kind of ways to, to, to work through that? Yeah. So what I, what I would do is create a, a packet, a a tour packet for the artists and we would pitch it to promoters. And in that packet, you know, there's a, there's a price that we're pitching, you know, we're asking, Asking that tour cost, say it costs two thousand dollars, and that's to cover honorarium. Um, and then on top of the two thousand, they would have to pay for the tickets, the hotels, um, make sure that food was you know in place, and, and yeah. And so basically, that's what you would pitch to the the, the specific promoters now. Because of, you know, CHH being such a very small subgenre of hip hop, you know, it's not, we, you don't, you're not always going to get that, you know, it's, and so sometimes it takes a little bit of negotiating. Um, and sometimes, you know, they, they might end up in a house, somebody's big house, you know, who can, somebody who's volunteering to take in these and, you know, they're willing to cook for them and, you know, make sure that everything is, they have their transportation to, to the venue and, and back to to their, you know, to their house. That sometimes happens and that's a blessing. Um, but then sometimes it doesn't. So, you know, sometimes they, they will end up paying for a hotel and, you know, it, everybody may not be able to have a room. So you might have like four to five people in one room, you know, stuff like that. But um, the key is, making sure that you're able to um, sell the tour for the price that you need to sell it for. Because the thing is, you know, when you, when you add up all the cities that are included in this tour, you know, the the numbers just have to add up. And if the numbers aren't adding up, then, you know, it could be problematic. 
So um, you want to you want to have to budget all of the necessities prior to even pitching and then come up with some numbers that make sense. And then you you know, that's how you you move forward with pitching to the promoters. Okay, so what's the actual job of the promoter? So the promoter's job is to, uh, one, ensure that there's an audience uh, in place to, um, you know, be there for that artist. Um, There to make sure that, you know, the venue is in place, um, everything that the artist is requesting on their contract and their writer, like all of that is in place. Um, And, you know, there to make sure that uh, the promotion of the show is happening because a lot of times promoters are banking on the audience to pretty much, you know, pay for the honorarium. So whatever they're making at the door, they'll end up, you know, giving to the artist. Sometimes it works like that. Sometimes it doesn't. It just depends on, you know, what the promoter's budget is and, you know, all of that. So um, it really just, it really does depend um, sometimes some promoters already have, you know, the money to just pay, you know, the artist um, and the tour and they, you know, that that's they don't need to bank on an audience. However, they still have to bring in, you know, the audience to, to make sure it's a good show. Right. right. Sometimes sometimes that, that, you know, that doesn't happen. And the show is like it's like 10 or 15 people there. And, you know, that's that doesn't make for a good show. Um, and you know, that's, you, you might not want to work with that promoter again, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to be honest, but you know, but that's what essentially that's the promoter's jobs to make sure that, you know, the show's being promoted properly. Gotcha. So, so would you say, uh, just trying to make it clear. So the promoter, now is, is there a promoter for each show or for the whole tour? For each show. Okay. For each show. So, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that, that makes sense because it's, I'm guessing they can promote better in one area than they could the whole entire country. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And so the promoter actually buys a particular show and then, so they pay the tour up front and then they, uh, and then they, they kind of collect on the door fees. They, they, Yes. Again, it depends on whatever, you know, that promoter and the tour manager has worked out. Okay. Um, like I said, sometimes it's we have the money to pay for this tour. We'll just give you the money now. No problem. Or it's, you know, we're going to we're going to pay you half now and, you know, we'll pay you the rest on the day of the concert We're you know, we're banking on um, the promoter would say we're banking on. Uh, you know, money from the door to give you, or you know, sometimes you have to negotiate. Well, the tour man, the tour may not make what they're requesting. However, you know, oh, they have the venue in place, they have everything else in place, but you might you might make less. Um, but you know, the the artist might be okay to do it because of the audience, or or you know, they've never done a show in Las Vegas, so you know. We're going to do this show. We're not going to make much money, but everything else is set up. Like we have a place to stay. We have food, you know, all this stuff is in place. But so it it just really depends on the artist and, you know, the promoter, what they can work out. But essentially the promoter has to provide, um, you know, everything that the artist needs. Okay. Okay. Cool deal. Yeah. Awesome. That's, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, I think anybody who was an artist, uh, needs to know all this stuff and yeah so, uh and there's i know there's plenty of um there's plenty of indie artists out there who were trying to get serious about doing music and touring is pretty much a necessity for anybody who wants to go full-time absolutely <laughs> absolutely that cannot be debated right now at all absolutely not i mean if you're not touring you're not ne- you're not going to make any money and and that's just facts like it's always important for you to have merchandise. It's always imp- important for you to have music on hand so that you're able to, you know, because like I said, sometimes it doesn't work out where you're getting, you know, the feed that you're requesting. So if you're trying to make some money, make sure you have merchandise, period. Like, you know, that's a, that's a sure way to make some money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because I think, you know, anybody who goes to a concert, you know, you kind of want something to to have that remembrance, you know? 
Right, right, and, exactly. You know, so even, you know, I would personally, I would recommend people have, you know, small ticket items and then up right. to the bigger ticket item, items. Absolutely, absolutely. So You want um, a range. Yeah, exactly. So you get the broke folk, you know, who spent all their <laughs> yep. money on the ticket. And then exactly. you got the other folk who got their tax return who's got a little more to, to spend. You know. right exactly, <laughs> so exactly. I've, been on, I've been on both of those ed before so <laughs> me too me too yeah for sure <laughs> now um now you've uh, been a project manager of five albums now we have had um we had miss Maya dawson on the show a little while ago who uh who's done some project management and what are some important factors when it comes to um to having that role whenever artists are uh are getting albums done well, I, the first thing I would say is it's important to know what you're doing because there are so many uh, there are so many things that you have to cover um, when you're taking on a project and managing the entire project from beginning to end. Um, you know, there you know, and you you have to be able to do things in a timely manner. So you have to be uh, very um, just intentional about everything. Um, you have to make sure that you're communicating well with the artist so that, you know, the artist knows what's going on. You know, if you have a deadline or multiple deadlines, you want to be in, in communication with the artist to make sure that they know that, you know, whatever the deadline is, oh, this, this is happening on this date, you know, or this is, you know, in process, we're almost, you know, there with what, you know, all the, all the, all the tasks, that um, a project manager is tasked with, um, you know, it just, it, you just have to be on top of it. Um, it's definitely a, a something that I think it's a job where you have to be good with time management. Um, you have to be good with communicating really well um, and just being able to, to uh, like just making sure you're covering all your bases and and if you if you're not experienced in it, there's a lot that you'll miss. Um, so I know I'm saying it's kind of like really basic terms, but um, but yeah, I think that's that's the generalized way I can put it. Um, gotcha. Yeah, cool. yeah. But but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, um, you know, whenever we had, uh, you know, like I said, we've talked about project management before. And uh -huh. you know, being organized in time management. Oh, completely, completely organized. Oh my goodness. Yeah, for That's sure. Key, so super key. <laughs> yeah. I'd, yeah. You know, and there's so many factors in in making an album and promoting yes. it, and, and uh, yes, all that stuff. So yeah. Um, so for sure. Now, one thing I wanted to talk about, um, wanted to give plenty of of time and credence to is, uh, you know, it's it's not necessarily off topic of what we've been talking about because um i've kind of heard some discussion uh in some some groups where you were talking about you know women having some some equal uh playing field when it comes to touring and things like that and mm -hmm. uh and so anybody in chh is fully aware of you know the hashtag uh chh sexism and there's mm -hmm. been a lot of women coming out and talking about it uh you know some on both ends uh, I think some have probably encountered more issues than others, maybe. And mm -hmm. so from your perspective, your point of view from working behind the scenes, which I think a lot of stuff happens more behind the scenes than up front. Absolutely. And so from a fan's perspective, you know, we don't necessarily see what it is that people are talking about. Right, right, right. And so I would love for you just to share a little bit about you know what exactly it's referring to and how it plays into touring which we've already said is mm -hmm. a must to to do this full time and yeah. and kind of your thoughts on how it can become um more level uh, a more a more level playing field for the the women artists out there yeah for sure I, I the the major thing is that you know women just need to be included in the conversation um, when it comes to touring specifically and not just that, but you know, there's only one woman signed to labeling Christian hip hop. Like that's a problem. That's problematic. And 
And the I, weird I thing don't, is she, uh, sorry, but, but she's more of a poet too. I, I think that's, absolutely. that's the interesting absolutely. thing. <laughs> it, it is interesting. Um, and she's amazing, you know, like amazing, but it's just, it's just interesting to me that it's only one woman. And so I think, you know, I, I feel like I'll say, I'll say what it feels like. Cause I don't want to say, I don't want to be like, Oh, it's this because, and, and it, it I, Okay, let me. I'm trying to be careful with my words. Well, I'll However. say this. I, I'll say this for you is because. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is nothing that you're saying is applied to every promoter and every tour manager. Absolutely. And Absolutely. that, in general, anytime I say something, I always say this isn't the perspective of everybody in this category, right. or whatever. And so I know whatever right. whatever you've experienced, that doesn't apply to everybody out there who has promoted tours and, and managed and produced. Right, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. Thank you. Um, I, I would say that for the, the whoever is putting on a tour, and normally it's it's either an artist who has their own label or um, an artist who just wants to bring you know other artists on a tour with them. Um, so they have like the power to pick and choose who they want to include. Um, but you know, it, women are are barely in that conversation. And it's definitely an unfair um, advantage for women in Christian hip hop. And I and I, I feel like they don't. A lot of the men who are who have the who hold the keys to you know these tours and things like that are not looking for other women. And even and I feel like even the ones that they know are dope. It, it's like you're not even asking them. You're not even asking them if if there's a way to bring them on. You know, because I think a lot of the conversation has been, well, you know, it's not going it's not going to work because it's too much of a temptation. Well, how is it too much of a temptation? Well, I'm not going to have somebody sleeping in the same room. Well, who said they're going to sleep in the same room with you? Well, you know, you haven't even talked to a female who might even be able to, you know, work around it. My issue is like, let's have the conversation. Let's at least get to that point. Women aren't even getting to that point. You understand what I'm saying? So that's a major issue that that is an issue. And if you if the men who are who have who hold the keys, who have the power and privilege to make these moves, if they're not not even like if they're not even owning up to the fact that, man, I haven't even considered a woman in this in this situation like. That's a problem. Y'all got to You have to you have to at least um, admit that there is an issue, that there is a, a, a deficit when it comes to women um, in this space. So, you know, that's where the biggest frustration is for a lot of uh, women who are, are are MCs in this genre. Right. Um, right. And, and, and I, I really, you know, for me. It's been something that I've been thinking about, of, you know, just like, man, maybe I should do my own thing and, and bring on make it an all woman thing, you know. And and of course, I would love to do that. And maybe I will. Um, but, you know, it's like, why does it have to why does it have to come down to that? You know, why can't why can't we just be included? And that's been the conversation. Um, and I think it's a fair one to have. Right. And uh you know, just there's one thing that the the only thing I thought about myself and it was coming to, you know, having a woman on tour with men for me personally, uh, whenever I was thinking about it, I wasn't thinking about temptation. I I guess it's just, that's just, you know, for me, uh, definitely for me, it would be, you know, and this is just me in my personal life. I try to avoid any situation where people could make accusations, not even the person I'm with. Right, um, right. But, you know, that's the only thing that I could see that I really didn't really hear out there. But for me, you know, the whole temptation thing, I feel like that's more of a, you know, you need to have some some time with your, your wife and Jesus to, to cover that. Right, and, exactly. Um, and I'm not accusing anybody of anything or calling anybody weak or anything like that. Absolutely. But I would Absolutely. definitely, uh, I see where, you know, that can be frustrating for women. And, um do you have any ideas of how we can get more women on tours? Um, I mean, one question I had, and I thought about it earlier, but I forgot to ask is like, mm-hmm. how can you know, if there's, 
you know, and this could be man or woman, it doesn't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. If somebody sees that a tour is coming to town, are these tours normally like fully booked or is there room for like opening acts for some of these people to just jump in at a spot? Yes, uh, that, that was, you actually, you actually took the words out of my mouth because that was one of the ideas that I had in mind. I think I spoke to Dayton about on Twitter. Um, you know, that's absolutely, you know, many tours are open to that. You know, it's like, okay, let's get a local artist and maybe, you know, you don't have to do it in every single city, but, you know, at least maybe five out of, out of 10 cities, one of the local artists can be a female and we can just have her hop on, you know, to the show. Um, and it, you know, it won't have to be the same. It doesn't have to be the same person for each show, but you know, that gives them an opportunity, you know what I'm saying? And then that you don't have to worry about paying for hotels and you know all that the other extra stuff that comes along with that um so yeah that's definitely a a a way to do it that's definitely a way to do it yeah i mean and i did i didn't preface this i actually did get that from you so that's how i got that but i guess my question on top of that would be how would a artist contact a person or figure even figure out who's in charge of putting the tour on because if i'm an artist and mm-hmm. I have a small, you know, and, and I could bring, you know, 25 people to a, you know, to a tour stop. Right. How, how would I be able to relay that information to somebody who is in charge of a tour? How yeah. would I make that possible? That sometimes isn't possible, just to be honest. Um, but it is, it, it, it is, it is possible at times. It depends on, you know, if you know who the promoter is personally, then go to the promoter and see what you can do. Negotiate something and the promoter can ask the tour manager and, you know, they can make it happen if they're interested. Um, So it's not impossible, but sometimes it can be very difficult to do that because, you know, maybe it's an artist that doesn't has no idea who's, you know, who to contact. Um, Then I would say you know, the artists who are in charge of the tour, I think it's healthy for them to even ask the promoter to look for some art or, you know, or maybe they have some artists in mind, um, the people who are, you know, in charge of the tour, at least having somebody in mind, you know, and saying, man, we're going to, to, to Brooklyn, you know, maybe we can, you know, get Angie Rose on the tour because she lives in that area. Let's hit her up, you know, something like that. That's possible. And I know she has done stuff like that too, but, um, yeah, that's definitely a way to do it for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, so pretty much people have to, to dig their toes in the sand and exactly, and, and, exactly. And they got to figure out a way to contact somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> do do some digging. I feel do you some there. digging. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. We yeah. can't sit back and expect everybody to reach out to us. Exactly. So, um, cool deal. So, uh, another question I would have is, well, I, I guess more of a discussion is, you know, I, I think it's interesting, you know, whenever I think of artists who I became a fan of, uh, you know, without knowing them, but they were on a tour and I found out about them, like Stephen Malcolm, I think because of Winter mm-hmm. Jam, he got a huge amount of following. Okay. But I don't think for the Winter Jam tour, I don't I don't think Stephen Michael was necessarily a selling point. Right. Like, he was right, like an right, opening right. act. And so I guess that's not possible for every tour, like especially these mm-hmm. small tours. I mean, right. you know, these small tours that are going around CHH tours aren't nowhere near the size of Winter Jam. No, not and, at all. And so is there a balance there where where an artist can take a risk on somebody who doesn't necessarily isn't well known and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they can afford to bring them onto a stop and um which i guess another question i would have is is there any additional cost of bringing a not so named artist to a show yes absolutely there is a cost absolutely. there yes what because, kind of cost is there well now if we're talking about are you? Do you mean just like bringing them on? If it's a local artist, yeah. If it's a local artist, on, to just one stop, right? I, I don't think it's a cost. I think it depends on what they work out. If they're if they're asking for an honorarium, then yes, that's a cost. If they're just like, I just want to get put on, and I, I'll sell my merch 
and I'll make some money that way, then no, the cost, there's no cost there. It's just, just hop on and, you know, if you're looking to make something, you, you just depend on your merchandise. Um, and some artists don't even care about that. Some artists are like, I just want to get, I just want to do a show. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just want to, like, <laughs> just having that on their resume is, means a lot. You know what I mean? So in that case, then no, it wouldn't, it would not be an extra cost for the tour. No. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying my best to figure out a way, you know, where artists can really get their, a better chance at getting on a tour and yeah. also just to bring some, uh, some possibilities to how we can fix this, this whole entire situation that's going on right now. And uh, yeah. because there are a lot of really great, you know, women MCs out there. Uh, For sure. And, you know, just a lot of them, you know, you don't really see them on tours and uh, I haven't seen any, I don't know. I, I can't think of any time where a woman has, been a part of a, a co-headliner or any of the big name on the, on the tour before. But right. I guess another question I would have too is, uh, I mean, me personally, there are a couple of, you know, there's a couple of rappers out there, female rappers out there, women rappers that I really do enjoy their music. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question is, is there a need for more like women fans in Christian hip hop to mm. make it even more possible? Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? Because I know one thing that Trackstars has, has done uh, with the cream. Uh, what's the name of that? There was a tour that uh, mm-hmm. Jasmine Lachey. Queens United. Queens yeah, yeah. United I tour. Helped, yeah, yeah I, helped, did, I helped a little bit with that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And Trackstars, you know, interviewed them and asked, how can we get, you know, more Christian hip hop fans, you know, women out there who aren't aware of what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, do, do you feel like that would be a helpful situation to, to be able to get more women on the tour just so there's other, cause I feel like there's, you know, obviously women connect more with women than women right. with a man with relatability right. and stuff. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like we need to find a way to grab, you know, get some more fans from the female community out there? For sure. For sure. I, I think the only way we can do that is just having more female artists. Like just, gotcha, you know what gotcha. I mean? Cause I, I, I that's that's really the draw. You know, if there's a woman who's dope, who's talking about things that they can relate to, then there you go. You have you're going to have the women like I know now this SO is not a female, but his his music is more I would say um it, it's it, just even the sound that he uses with his producer. It women tend to listen more to SO than men i would say just because he kind of has that like emotionalism in his music which is really dope because we don't have a lot of that in christian hip-hop either in hip-hop in general um but the way that he does his music is just more women are attracted to his music and so i think and he does talk a lot about relationships and you know stuff like that and so if if that of course if that is um, what's going to bring women, more women in. And it's coming from a woman, you know, too, who has those similar, you know, conversations in their music. Yes, more women are going to want to, you know, they're going to be more women fans. Um, but the issue is that we just don't have that opportunity. There's not that many women who are in, in the, I would say, you know, who are, who are doing it um, on a bigger scale, like a Jackie Hill. And even Jackie Hill's not even doing music on a bigger scale. She's doing poetry on a bigger scale. So, you know, it's like, I don't even have anybody to compare to for real, for real. And that's, that's, that's the issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a problem. That's a major, major problem. And, and I like, and I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's not really a lot of dope, um, artists. I'm like, yes, it is. It absolutely is really extremely dope artists who are women who are lyrically amazing, like, they produce their own music, like, they can sing, they can rap, they can do a lot, um, and they're not getting the shine, and it's like, yo, like, what is this, you know, and so I have to, you know, when I look at um, um, what the, what the, the playing field is, and how uh, unleveled it is, I can't, I cannot deny that this is an issue, you right. know what I'm saying, so... We just need more women artists to get to get that platform. Period. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you know, looking at, you know, whenever I'm talking with people in the track stars universe, you know, there's a lot of fans of really great women artists and, um, and, you know, and we support the best we can. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I'll push a couple of, uh, ladies to you know, like my niece, uh, mm-hmm. just to kind of give her some other options rather than, you know, Nikki and Cardi B. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so, you know, I, I agree. I think we need some, you know, some more women out there. And, um, so I don't know if anybody of influence, uh, you know, putting it together tours is going to listen to this or not, but mm-hmm. hopefully there's, you know, some people out there who are willing to, to, to make, uh, different types of decisions than they have made yeah to yeah to do something to push it further and uh you know and we at track stars and i know even voss like grow the heck up have have you know been pushing artists uh i interviewed ai a little while ago mm-hmm. and um i was a great she's interview. amazing yeah she she's really amazing. <laughs> and i told her i said everybody's gonna be looking for you to be signed by somebody real Absolutely. soon. But, Absolutely. But uh but she had her own response to it and her own, you know, life decisions and stuff. So um, Yeah. But there's definitely a lot of women out there and uh and so hopefully uh the whole entire you know sexism aspect in CHH can be flipped and uh and there could be more uh a level playing field for everybody. And yeah. even on my last week's episode actually had me looking at women entrepreneurs in general because the whole entire topic, it just really got me interested, you know, looking at top CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. There's 32 mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 32 mm-hmm. women and zero African-American women. Mm, there are two Jesus. women of color. And <laughs> one is uh, the leader of PepsiCo. Uh-huh. And the other, is, I can't remember what she's the leader of, but... um. But I was just thinking, you know, I think with the the secular realm lacking in this mm-hmm. area, yeah, I don't think that should be spilling over into the Christian hip hop world. I think we need to be the leaders, absolutely, in in changing this dynamic. Absolutely, yeah. And so, in whatever way we can do that, let us know. Uh, Trisha Bell yeah. has done that here today. In the best mm. way I think she can. Do, do you have mm. any other ideas or suggestions? If anybody who is a tour manager, producer, a label owner, if you have anything you could say to them, which I know you already know plenty, <laughs> what would you say here today? Please, please just use the power and privilege that you have to open more doors for women who are MCs, period. That's it. You have the power and privilege. Allow them to join you in in this space. That's all I got. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so what Trisha Bell, I thank you so much for uh for being here on the show. What are some ways people can get in t- contact with you if they have any questions or they want to learn some more or just to be able to say thank you for your wisdom on the show here? Yeah, um, I am T-Bells, T-E-A, Bells, um, on every platform. <laughs> um, and you can um, get my contact information that way, or you can send me an email at uh, bell at artsoindulge.com. Um, yep, and that's pretty much how you can contact me. That's what I got. All righty. And I'll, I'll put <laughs> that contact info in the show description. And um, Cool. And, you know... I do want to thank you so much. Uh, just to be forefront with everybody, if that's even a word, uh, Trisha was going to be my very first woman on the show <laughs> a long time ago. But yeah. I honestly, uh, you know, I mean, there were some 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 circumstances there that 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 made it uh, unavailable. But I'll be yeah. honest though, I think I think it was perfect timing. Yeah, uh, I think God worked it out. Romans eight twenty eight was a very apparent here today. And yeah. um, so Trisha, again, I thank you so much for joining me here on the business with Bordeaux podcast and for just sharing your wisdom with everybody out there. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All righty. And until the next interview, thank you for listening to the business with Bordeaux podcast.
Alrighty, that was the interview with Miss Trisha Bell. Uh, Trisha, again, I thank you so much for coming onto the show and just sharing so much wisdom for anybody out there who was interested in that. And if you're an independent artist or if you're a signed artist, <laughs> all of these things, you know, we all need to know if you're going to be involved in any type of music business. So, uh, great interview for that, and even touching on the, uh, the the sexism issues that occur in CHH. And I'm glad we were able to discuss that as well. Hopefully, we'll be able to see that even at a little bit as we move along as a community of believers in this music industry. And so, anyway, uh, I, I really, really love that interview. I learned a ton, and I'm going to be trying to find some more people in that realm to interview, even some promoters and some folks like that, just so we get a full scope of the whole entire music business world, even though Trisha shared a ton of stuff. And, uh, and so I hope this is valuable for you and, uh, and let me know what you, um, if there's anything you learned from it, look me up on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Jason Bordo one, and also on Facebook business with Bordeaux. You can find my page there. And I want to thank the patrons for the show. Mr. Aaron Simpkins at TrueStrengthApparel.com. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you want to support the show and the patron for the show, Head over to TrueStrengthApparel.com and get you some clothing, some gear for the winter months coming or that's already here. I also want to thank Mr. WordPress Stan at WPStan.com. If you need a website built, uh, created for you, make sure you hit him up at WPStan.com. And Mr. LT Smith, uh, check him out on YouTube. He is a music artist and uh, a video link for one of his videos will be provided in the show description. So you can go check it out straight from the podcast. Uh, if you want to support the show, head over to businesswithbordeaux.com and you can find out how to do so there or head over straight to patreon.com slash businesswithbordeaux. And for all of you who listen to the show, I appreciate you. For all of you who share, uh, you rock. And for all of you who listen to it, you don't like it, you're not going to come back to it. Just let me know what I can improve on. Uh, I'm always trying to make the show better. Uh, this particular episode, the audio isn't quite as great as usual because the uh, the quality on my end wasn't recorded into my software the way it normally is. But thankfully, it was still a clear interview and hopefully you got something from it. So anyway, until next time, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week.